You're now tuned in to the Brendan King Show. From high above the circle in downtown Indianapolis, here's BK. This is a big one. Episode 17 of the BK Show. Two episodes this week. Today we welcome on Ian McMillan from Odd Shark, content and social media manager to dive us all into the sports gambling world. Friday, to get you ready for the Final Four. Oh, this is going to be a great one. Steve Lavin. The former great coach from UCLA on their way to the Final Four, St. John's, now a Fox Sports analyst. He has been with ESPN. Coach Lav is the man. That's what's coming up this week on the BK Show. If you're just tuning in for the first time, thank you very much. Show phone number 317-699-2350. Voicemails anytime you'd like. 317-699-2350. We'll get voicemails on Friday's episode with Coach Laugh. Coming up here, going to give you my thoughts about what's to come here in the Final Four this weekend in Indy. It's also the high school boys basketball state finals. We're going to hit some BK's big play, talk with Ian McMillan, and we'll get you out of here and get you previewed for what's to come with Coach Laugh. But the biggest thing that I need to tell you today on Episode 17, I hinted at it last week. We got sponsors, baby. And this is really cool. As you can tell from the new show podcast cover, whether you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, wherever it may be, the Brendan King Show is officially partnering with Friday Beers, the great, and I mean great, Instagram page that has taken the world over in the last year or so. Let's wind up at Dooley's together. This is a huge opportunity that can lead to even bigger collaborations as well. This is a process with Friday Beers where they get us in touch and we're rolling now. We are partnering. We are collabing. It's on the podcast cover. But this can continue to get bigger depending on what we do here. And here's the thing. To help ensure this happens... To what we envision. We envision that this is going to go a long way. You need to do us a huge favor. A simple favor at that, but it's a huge favor. Please go to either my Twitter or Instagram. On Twitter, at Sports. On Instagram, at BrendanKingShow. B-R-E-N-D-A-N-K-I-N-G Show. Now... In my bio, which has been updated, if you go through that Friday Beers link, if you buy one Friday Beers product through that link, you're going to play a major part in what's to come here. A major part. And if you do choose to purchase a Friday Beers product, you will get 10% off your order. You just have to follow the exact link in the bio as well as use promo code SUCKDOWN-SEASON, S-Z-N, dash 21. Again, that's SUCKDOWN, 
S-U-C-K-D-O-W-N dash season S-Z-N dash 21. If you use that code along with the exact link in my bio, you're going to get 10% off and you're going to help out this going a long, long way for what is to come with Friday beers. We believe that this can go a long way. And this is all credit to Brian Todd down in Nashville, who I told you guys before, he was one of the guys that we first talked about doing the podcast in general. I remember I was driving down to Florida in July, going to see my parents. And we were just talking on the phone for a few hours, trying to kill the time. And we talked about getting a podcast started and where it could go. Could you bring in some broadcast-related stuff with it? Can you talk sports? Not just do that. You just don't want everybody to hear your hot takes. Can you talk broadcasting? Can you give broadcasting tips? Can you make it your own? Can you have people come on? Can you have people call in? And so far, that's been the case. So again, stay tuned because more is to come. The Brendan King Show is officially partnering with Friday Beers. Give me some Stephen A. Let's go. This is awesome. So again, hit the link in my Twitter at B King Sports on Instagram at Brendan King Show. B R E N D A N K I N G Show. 317-699-2350 is the show number. You can email us, Brendan King Show at gmail.com. Let's get this rolling. Let's get this rolling. All right, so here's what happened this week. This was my last week, of course, of doing March Madness updates, 93.5-1075, the fan. Those March Madness updates have been rolling all month. It's kind of hard to believe this month has gone by so quickly. But this was the last week. So I'm still hanging with Dockage, you know, here here at the station, but I'm just not going to be on the show every day. That's just not how it's going to go. Uh, my attention now in May is going to turn to the Indianapolis 500, where I'm actually going to be at the track, which is sweet. So this was the last week. We have updates on uh, Saturday, of course, for the Final Four. Then, of course, Monday for the National Championship. But this was the last true week with, like, games going on while the show was on. I'm getting ready to do the updates. It's probably like 11.45 a.m. The Dan Dockett Show starts at noon. My phone starts ringing. Dan Dockett in big letters on the caller ID. He said, well, he's supposed to be in studio said hello Brendan it's me I'm finishing up a DoorDash order and it took me to the goddamn Indianapolis Motor Speedway I said what are you doing there he yes to answer your question Dan Dockich is now driving DoorDash the reason that Dan Dockich is a DoorDash driver and while if you are living in the greater Indianapolis area you may get Dan Dockich as your DoorDash driver if that is what you order through Last week in the NCAA tournament, Dan Dockich lost $4,000. And he said on his show last week that, quote, he needs to learn the value of a dollar. So again, he calls me. Hey, I'm at the Speedway. I'll be there in 10 minutes. I need you to park my car. I said, bro, I'm getting ready for the updates. He goes, I need you to park my car. Well... His show starts in 10 minutes, so he was literally late for his show. He pulls up to the circle. 
I'm literally waving the checkered flag for this guy. He passed by two cars on the circle like he was Mario Andretti at the Speedway. I mean, he rolled past him. He gets out of the car. He throws me his wallet. I'm holding Dan Dockage's wallet. I give him mine so he can get into the building. His parking pass is in his wallet. I get into his car, and I swear to God, I couldn't see over the steering wheel. He is a big dude. He has that seat all the way reclined back. It's like at the bottom of the floor. I can't see squat. I'm driving around the circle. I turn right (laughs) onto Washington Street, and I go to park this dude in his underground parking at MS Communications. (laughs) So I officially have pretty much a valet service. We talked about it on the show. It is BK's valet service. And Dockage didn't even tip me. He didn't tip me. He's a DoorDash driver. He didn't even tip me. Parking his car. So, yes, I was behind the wheel of Dan Dockage's car because he was late to his own radio show, a.k.a. the most listened to 12 to 3 sports radio show in the Midwest because he was DoorDashing. God bless Double D. God bless Double D. But now on to the big weekend ahead in downtown Indianapolis. The Final Four, Gonzaga, UCLA, Baylor, and Houston. The boys high school basketball state title games. Four games in one day all of Saturday. I'm going to be in the studio pretty much from 8 a.m. until about midnight on Saturday. But that's one of those things. That's just a great broadcasting day. That's one of those broadcasting days you just can't wait for. I read, too, is the first time ever there's ever been a Final Four of all teams west of the Mississippi. And it's kind of hard to believe, that, thinking like John Wooden, UCLA days, there wasn't one then. Of course, there wasn't a 68-team tournament. And conferences were much less diverse. But, you know, still hard to believe. Gonzaga, UCLA, Baylor, Houston. UCLA has now leapfrogged Oregon State as the hottest team in the nation. That was Oregon State after what they did to Tennessee, Oklahoma State, and then Loyola Chicago. But Houston ultimately too tough to handle. I, I'm just not fully on board with Houston. I think they've had the easiest road to the Final Four. Cleveland State, Rutgers, Syracuse with a week of preparation for the 2-3 zone. Look, we talked about it. We talked about it. The 2-3 zone is like quicksanded march on little preparation. When you have a week to prepare for a Sweet 16 game, against the Syracuse 2-3 zone and Jim and Buddy Bayheim, that's one thing. If you're drawing them in around the 32 when you have two days of prep, that's a completely different animal. Now, Oregon State put up a hell of a fight towards the end, tying it at 55, then Houston comes away with the win. But boy, I was at the Baylor and Arkansas game at Lucas Oil the other day. Just took a walk down after I got out of the studio. Look, Arkansas is really good. They're well coached by Eric Musselman, but and they made their runs, but Baylor always contained them. Davion Mitchell is a guy you do not want to mess with in this NCAA tournament. I think Scott Drew said Davion Mitchell's nickname is Off Night, and they call him Off Night because when he's guarding guys, they tend to have an off night. <laughs> That's a great nickname. Uh, Baylor was my original pick to be the national champion. My final four has fallen apart. Look, here, this is what my final four was. Being straight up with you, my final four was Baylor, Illinois, uh, Florida State, and Kansas. 
and that completely flopped. It completely flopped. I've had years where I've had three out of four right, and I don't think I've ever had a year where I've gotten none right, but Baylor is kind of a shoe-in. I've never been the Gonzaga guy, and you guys know that. I've told you that before. I've never been the Gonzaga guy, but I liked. you guys know I love Jalen Suggs. You guys know I love Jalen Suggs. Corey Kispert is going to be an NBA draft pick because of his shooting ability. Same thing for Drew Timmy. That kid down low. He's a great player. They play as cohesive as anybody in the nation. Anybody in the nation. And that's why they've gotten this far. But there's two things you don't mess with in March. One is the top-seeded Gonzaga Bulldogs on a run like this. You don't mess with that. You also don't mess with a play-in team that is not even supposed to be here. UCLA is the first team from the first four to make the final four since peak shock in VCU in 2011, where they ultimately lost to the Butler Bulldogs, by the way, of course. Have to drop that in there. Look, UCLA's red hot. And sure, BYU is probably overseeded. They got to beat Abilene Christian in the second round. I love Joe Golding, but it's Abilene Christian. They had their signature win. They didn't put up much of a fight. That Alabama game, maybe top five game in this tournament, I think, I actually think my favorite game of the tournament was the one that started it, Florida and Virginia Tech. That buzzer beater to force OT and Hinkle. I, 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 I think not only just because of the game, it was one of my favorites of the tournament, but also just what it meant. It was the first NCAA tournament game after the worst year anybody could have ever imagined, and it was played in Hinkle Fieldhouse. That was an awesome game, but UCLA-Bama, arguably top five game of the tournament. And then that Michigan game in the Elite Eight. Where Michigan, who averages 81 points, score 51. You know, there's three NBA players on that Gonzaga side. But you're not thinking about that UCLA plus 14? 14 points? 14? 14. We'll talk about it with Ian McMillan here about that line. Baylor's minus five against Houston. So it's kind of surprising. There's only ever been one Baylor-Houston matchup ever, and it was before Scott Drew got there. November 30th, 2002, a full year before Scott Drew arrived in Waco. Baylor won 62-60, but Scott Drew's been there a long time, and the last time that Baylor saw Houston, Scott Drew had not even taken over what was a terrible sitting program in the Baylor Bears. We talked to Bryce Drew about it two weeks ago. The greatest rebuild in college basketball history. How many IU fans do you think are rooting against Kelvin Sampson here? How many IU fans do you think are rooting against Kelvin Sampson? It's a fair question. It's a very fair question. Like, Kelvin Sampson seems like a nice enough guy. <laughs> Not around these parts, he's not <laughs> not around these parts, he's not gonna be rooted for too much. I I I don't even want to know how many IU fans were Oregon State fans for a night in that Houston game. And over Oregon State, the fighting Wayne Tinkles almost got it done. 514 Baylor and Houston on Saturday. Gonzaga UCLA is at 830. Again, we'll talk with Ian McMillan about those lines and more coming up here. Don't forget Steve Lavin. 
joins us on Friday for our special Friday drop and couldn't think of a better way to start the Friday Beers collaboration than with Coach Lavin on a Friday before the Final Four. I hope you guys enjoy that one. It's a great chat with Coach Lav, and uh, we'll have a lot of fun. So, Ian McMillan is the content and social media manager with Odd Shark. Odd Shark, I feel like, was kind of like the cool betting kind of thing before betting was cool. They're kind of the originators. They've tweeted some ridiculous stuff in the last couple days. There was a new list of possibilities for the next wife of Dave Portnoy. (laughs) I don't even want to tell you who was on that list. But we get into that with Ian. I track his 140,000 followers. Ian's latest stuff talking about the Valero Texas Open is on the Odd Sharks page. Odd Shark, O-D-D-S-S-H-A-R-K. Ian McMillan, great conversation. We touched a little bit on every sport, too. This is a great time to be a sports fan. It's Final Four weekend. You're listening to this, I'm assuming, on Thursday. Happy opening day to you all. Major League Baseball will be in the NBA and NHL playoffs before you know it. The Masters is coming up. We'll be in the football training camp here shortly. The NFL draft. The NBA draft. This is a great time to be a sports fan. A great time to be a sports fan. So, let's talk about everything you need to know about the sports gambling world. That's with Ian McMillan, content and social media manager from Shark. We'll toss it to him now. Getting to be that time of year, Final Four weekend. It's basically Major League Baseball opening day now. NHL, NBA playoffs getting going. It'll be football season before you know it, which means we need to talk to Ian McMillan, the content and social media manager with Odd Shark, to get the full landscape of the sports gambling world. Ian, great to be with you, man. How are you? I'm doing well, my friend. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Not a problem. Hey, I was doing some research getting ready for this interview, and do you know that you have the same name as the guy who took the picture of the Beatles at Abbey Road for their album cover? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My first name spelled a little weird too, I A I N, and that's I know, same spelled. Spell. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think everyone at some point they're like Google's themselves. So of course, the first time uh, I don't know when I was like a preteen or something, Google myself. Uh, that 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 famous picture of the Beatles kept coming up. So uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I am aware of that. That's hilarious. Um, hey, man, for your you've got a unique career, obviously, and when you go into something like that, is, is that something you had always been determined to do? That was something you immediately wanted to do, or were there some more stops along the way before you kind of hit Odd Shark? Yeah, I definitely always wanted to uh, have a career in sports. Um, I mean, just like everyone else kind of in sports media, I assume. I played sports all my life. I wanted to get get actually into sports psychology in university. Turns out I wasn't smart enough for that. So uh, my second plan was sports media. Just started writing for the sports uh, uh, section of the newspaper in university. Um, And then I was always betting on sports kind of in the background, but I I never really thought of that as being a career possibility, especially because this was like 10 years ago when, when sports betting was, 
a lot more niche and, and not as a, a public thing as it is nowadays. Uh, ended up uh, seeing the uh, job opportunity at Oddjar, jumped on it because, like I said, it was a mix between uh, what I wanted to do, which was sports media, number one, and then number two, my biggest hobby, which was betting on sports. So it was a, it was a perfect fit, came along at the right time, and uh, I couldn't be happier, man. I love, I love what I do. Has sports betting always been legal in Canada, or is, it, is that something that's just coming around kind of like the States? Yeah, it's legal in Canada, but but they have a, a very strange law uh, for betting on sports in Canada. And this actually um, it looks like it's about to get passed, so we're about to get just normal sports betting. But they have a law. Um, like I said, it's been legal for as long as I remember. But you have to bet on at least two events. So you can just go to a gas station, you can go to a corner store, and, and you can you can get a uh, sports betting ticket just like you would a lottery ticket. But it has to be at least a two-game parlay. Uh, I think their thinking behind that was you can't fix games if you have to bet on at least two of them. Then you have to fix two different games. But, I mean, who, who's, you know, Mike from down the street's not fixing an NHL game uh, so you can win a $25 sports betting ticket. So uh, they're finally get, getting rid, rid of that archaic rule. And it's terrible, too, because, I mean, I'm kind of anti-parlay as it is. Uh, and in Canada, it's like you legally, the only way to bet is to bet using parlay. So uh, it has been legal, but it's always had that weird, uh, that weird twist to it. That's probably how they get you, right? Forcing you to bet on two games? Yeah, exactly. I mean, when I first started betting on sports, uh, as soon as I could, whatever the age is up here in Canada, 18 or 19, something like that, when I was in university, I'd probably uh, bet had 50 different tickets before I had a winner because they were all just parlays, like three-game three, <laughs> three game parlays, six-game parlays. I didn't even uh, uh, think of, like, single-game betting was even a thing back then before I kind of uh, started getting more into it and started looking at some offshore books. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it, it's a strange law, but uh, it, it's looking like they're, they're going to get past that here. They just passed a bill here, I think, a month or two ago. So uh, we're finally going to get rid of that archaic law. We're with Ian McMillan, content and social media manager for Odd Shark on Twitter at IanMacOS. Great handle by the way i-a-i-n-m-a-c-o-s hey man you've got about twenty thousand followers and you know you talked about the start of your career when you first got going was there like a little bit of pressure on you that like people are looking to you for picks like you got 21 year olds in like a fraternity house that are betting their rent on trusting you yeah, I mean, I, I still feel that pressure uh, now. I mean, the more follow followers I get, the, the, the more pressure I have. And I think that's a big mistake that uh, a lot of people make uh, now that sports betting is blowing up and you're seeing people on Twitter kind of start tweeting out their picks and things like that. I, I, and it's it's a message that I preach all the time, that it is very, 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 very difficult, if not near impossible, uh, to, to make money long-term betting on sports. Uh, professional sports bettors are out there, um, but there's very there are they first of all they're very smart, smarter than I'll, I'll ever be, and there's very specific strategies that they have to stick to. Um, and the common man, it's just not possible for the common man. So I, 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 what I do all the time, I preach this nonstop, is that sports betting should be for entertainment first and foremost. You should always bet within your means. When you place a bet, you should assume that that bet is going to lose. Um, and then after that, I, I mean, it's all fun. It's certainly, I've researched my picks. Uh, I'm not just firing from the hip. I, I, I back up my picks with reasons. Um, but at the same time, I, I want to make people aware, like, uh, if you tail my picks, I'm, I'm not guaranteeing you're going to go ahead and get rich. Uh, I've gone on cold streaks just like everyone else has. So as sports betting kind of continues to grow and continues to, to become more popular across North America, I think that's something that uh, kind of needs to be repeated, that uh, it's it's near impossible to make money at this lo- on this long term. There's a reason why casinos are basically castles made of gold. It's, it's not because... Uh, 
people are winning money off and betting on sports. So uh, it's for entertainment, and that's how you should always view it, in my opinion. I'm going to ask you about the future of sports gambling here in a bit, but uh, what's your favorite sport to cover or bet on right now? Uh, it's probably a toss-up between college basketball, funny enough, now that we're in the middle of March Madness. Uh, golf is another one that I love. I think golf's a really unique sport to bet on, especially a, a few events uh, make it even uh, more fun to bet on, like last week's match play. I love betting on match play golf. Um, I, I, there's very few sports I, I don't enjoy betting on, but probably at the top of my list would be uh, college basketball and golf. Yeah, I was going to ask you about golf. Do you think golf is one of those sports where it can maybe benefit the most from the future of what's going to be sports gambling? Yeah, I certainly think so. I mean, I, I think uh, a huge benefit of sports betting um, is it just makes watching sports a lot more entertaining. And that's why uh, I, I, I think some sports, especially golf, um, now that the Tiger Woods days are kind of over and the Tiger Woods bubble kind of burst, um, a way to kind of get new fans back into it is through sports betting. So I, I think it's, it's only going to help sports, especially those sports like golf uh, that need a little bit of help uh, kind of with their marketing and their advertising. So, yeah, and, 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 and golf is, is a, an extremely fun sport to bet on. One thing that they're finally going to do with the PGA Tour, they implemented it for the Players' Championship. I hope they implement it for more tournaments in the future is that you can watch any group golfing at once. So you're not just stuck huh. to whatever golfer the broadcast is showing. And that's huge for sports betting because if I have a, a bet on like a guy, Christian Bezudnut, uh, he's probably not going to be shown on the main broadcast, but with this new feature that they're implementing, uh, I can just watch his group for all 18 holes. Uh, so that's going to be big for sports betting and golf as well. Seeing McMillan with us. You mentioned college basketball as well, and I'm recording this here um, right downtown Indy, and the city has been awesome over the last month or so. Um, I want to let you know, I was also on board of Abilene Christian Moneyline. I was all about that. So we share that together my man <laughs> very good that was, a, that was a good win for both of us there were uh, a very small amount of us out there that were backing Abilene Christian so yeah that's awesome good to hear I talked to their the reason why I talked to their coach and I, I just was ready to run through a brick wall afterwards I was like you know I'll put five bucks on it and it, it, it worked out but uh, the lines have been put out now for the final four Baylor favored by five points Gonzaga by 14 over UCLA your thoughts on those two lines to open Ian well, first of all, that Gonzaga 14-point favorites over UCLA—that's the—that's the—that's the largest spread in Final Four history, and by a pretty wide margin. I think the next closest uh, is 11 and a half, I believe. Uh, so massive, massive spread. But I mean, it kind of makes sense. This Gonzaga team—and uh, I've been on them back since January. I have a bet on them. I locked in. I think it was after they beat Iowa. I bet on them to win the championship at plus 650. So I'm still holding that ticket. Uh, I mean, this Gonzaga team—they're deserving of being a 14-point favorite. Uh, not only are they uh, the, the most skilled team in the country, in my opinion, they play the best fundamental basketball. They make very few mistakes. Their offense looks very clean, very crisp. Uh, and I mean, I've got to give props to US, UCLA for getting to the Final Four. Um, but I think their game against Alabama and Michigan, I mean, UCLA certainly deserved to win those games, but I don't think those were necessarily uh, good games by either Alabama or Michigan, especially Michigan uh, last night. That, I think that was one of the worst games offensively Michigan played <laughs> all season. So uh, props to you UCLA, but even though Gonzaga is a 14-point favorite, I think I'm going to back them despite that massive spread. Um, and then Houston and Baylor, it, my, my 
one kind of glaring issue with Houston is I, I, they didn't really play anyone this entire season. Uh, didn't really play anyone so far in the tournament. I mean, they almost lost to Rutgers there. They kind of got saved at the end of that game. Uh, if Baylor can play as good as they have in their past few games, I, I think Baylor uh, can cover that five points spread against Houston. Uh, but Houston does a couple things very well. Very good three-point shooting team. Uh, and that's kind of where Baylor's weakness is on defense. They don't have a great perimeter defense. Uh, that's kind of how Oklahoma State beat them in the Big 12 tournament there. So Houston can certainly get it done. Uh, but, I mean, I think this is going to be the final that everyone expected basically all season, Gonzaga and Baylor. So I'm pretty excited for that. Oh, it was also the game and we were supposed to get on December 5th, but unfortunately had to be canceled due to COVID. Uh, you mentioned, too, Houston. Another part of their tournament run is that they had basically a full week to prepare for the 2-3 zone of Jim Beheim when everybody else in the first and second rounds is kind of like quicksand when you see that in March. And, you know, Houston was able to prepare and then ultimately beat it. Yeah, for sure. And, and Houston stylistically uh, matched up very well against Syracuse. Two things that they do the best um, are shooting the three and rebounding and getting offensive rebounds. And that's the two exact weaknesses of a zone defense is uh, uh, stopping uh, the three ball, not so good on the perimeter, and then uh, getting defensive rebounds. So it, it was kind of a, a, a stylistic matchup made in heaven for Houston as well. So th- they got the job done. They're certainly one of the best teams in the country. We're going to see how, how they match up against this uh, talented Baylor team, though. All right, Ian, we got, to, we got to talk some hockey, of course, and I know you're a Maple Leafs fan. I have to imagine during your fandom of the Maple Leafs, you have never felt probably as bad as what a Buffalo Sabres fan is feeling right now. <laughs> uh, it, it, different kind of feelings, man. Yeah, Buffalo's lost, what, 18 straight games now, but uh, kind of when you suck as a sports fan of, of that team, I think you just kind of accept the fact that you're bad yeah. and you can kind of deal with it. What I've had to deal with as, as a Leafs fan is heartbreak over heartbreak. They tease us, make us think that they're actually a good team for once, and then they blow some big leads in the playoffs. They lose to a Zamboni driver playing goalie. Uh, they blow a 4-1 lead to Boston in Game 7. So uh, different kind of pain i get more i get more uh my heart gets broken a little bit more watching the Leafs than i think i would be as a sabers fan no man i'm with you i'm actually wearing a florida panther sweatshirt right now my parents live in florida and uh we we grew up in chicago though and now that coach q is in florida we always went to panthers games growing up and you know in the past week barkoff hornquist and duclair have all all gotten hurt and so i feel it's 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 wild times in the nhl right now man i think it's anybody's game yeah, it really is, especially with the weird format they're doing this year um, with all the different divisions. Obviously, Canada teams have only been playing against Canada teams, so uh, the Leafs have looked well, but uh, the big knock on them is that people are saying the Canadian division is uh, the weakest of the four, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens come playoff time. What are your thoughts on James Van Riemsdyk? James Van, I don't really know if I have any strong feelings about James really? James Van Riemsdyk. Do you have a specific reason? No, he. <laughs> um, he my cousin's best friend is is his fiance. So I just wanted to see if you had any thoughts on uh, him during his Toronto days. He was a solid player uh, with the Leafs. I mean, he, he had some good games. He had some bad games. I mean, there are definitely some Leafs I have strong feelings about. Um, I don't think James Van Riemsdyk is, is one of them, though. I, I, I would say I like him more than I definitely dislike him. Um, but uh, he didn't bring he didn't bring the Leafs to Stanley Cup yet. So uh, I'm saving my strong feelings for whoever ends up uh, finally lifting the cup to the Leafs. What do they need to add most to make that run, in? 
Uh, their their goaltending is their, their big issue right now. I, I, Freddie Anderson is. I, I don't think he's ever shown that he can be the guy. Uh, Jack Campbell's kind of taken over for them now, and that, that's probably the good call. But I mean, the issue is why. Uh, and I mean, Toronto media. I don't know. Probably you pay very little attention to Toronto media. But Toronto <laughs> media just eats up the Leafs just nonstop. Yeah. But for some reason, Freddie Anderson has always just got a free pass. Uh, instead, they waste their time uh, complaining about uh, William Nylander for some reason, who I think is one of their better players and, and kind of gets a short end of the stick. But Freddie Anderson, uh, despite the Leafs not having strong uh, defense in front of them, I mean, you look at something like save percentage, uh, it's never really been good. So, I mean, the, the, I think the number one issue is they need a goalie. Can, is Jack Campbell going to work out for them here uh, the rest of the season? I don't think so. Probably not. Um, so, uh, and their defense has played a lot better this year. TJ Brody was, was a huge pickup for them on the blue line. He's been absolutely fantastic in their own end. Uh, so I think that one last missing piece is a real true uh, A-list goalie. And I think uh, that's what's going to bring him over the top. This is a question I've asked a couple of hockey broadcasters across the country. Ten years from now, when you think about the two stars that are now in the Canadian division, but the two stars of the league, of course, that's Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews. Who do you think is going to be the toughest to go against ten years from now for an opposing club? That's a good question. I think those two players, I, I, I think it's kind of the similar uh, dynamic that Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin had, yeah. um, where Sidney Crosby, like McDavid, is probably the better all-around hockey player, the better playmaker. Um, I mean, maybe you could argue even a better captain, but uh, who knows about that. But then uh, Alexander Ovechkin, you can't argue against his goal-scoring capability, and that's what Austin Matthews has. Uh, he, Austin Matthews may not be an overall as good of a player, especially maybe in the defensive end, uh, but he's, he's a lot better of a goal scorer uh, than, than, than uh, Connor McDavid is, just like Ovechkin's uh, a much better goal scorer than Crosby ever was. So uh, I think those are two players that you can kind of compare the two with. Um, I'm just glad that we have one of them as, as, <laughs> as a Maple Leafs fan because uh, we went a long time there without, uh, without having a, a true all-star player. Matt Sundin maybe was the last one that we had yes. in the early 2000s, so uh, I'm glad I have one of them. But yeah, I, 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 think, it's, I think it's comparing uh, apples to oranges. It's Ian McMillan with us. Ian, are you a big baseball better? Yeah, I certainly do bet baseball. There's not a whole lot uh, else going on in the summer, kind of once NBA and NHL slow down. So, yeah, I, I certainly bet on bet on baseball. Uh, I mean, there, there's a ton of factors when you, when, 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 that you can look at when betting on baseball. A big thing is always, of course, the starting pitcher matchup. Uh, and, and some people, and I like to dabble in this as well, is just bet on a, a type of bet that's called a, a first five bet, where you're betting just on the first five innings of the game. Uh, that way, in most cases, obviously, if a pitcher gets destroyed, he's not going to last five innings. But in most cases, if you take a first five bet, you just have to worry about the starting pitchers because things always get sketchy when teams go to their bullpens because you don't really know uh, what what reliever they're going to go to. Are they going to go to their better relievers? Are they going to go to their weaker relievers? You can kind of estimate that based on who's uh, pitched recently. Uh, but it gets a little bit sketchy every game when, when teams uh, go to their bullpen, especially some teams that, that are very good everywhere else except for in their bullpen. Uh, I, I think of the Phillies last year. I think the only time I would bet on the Phillies last year would be in the first five innings because their bullpen was just absolutely terrible. So, uh, yeah, man, out of, out of all the sports where there's uh, statistics that you can dive into when you're handicapping a bet, baseball might have the most. There's just an unlimited amount of things that you can look at. But also at the same time, you don't want to kind of overthink and overanalyze these bets as well. So you have to kind of try to find a happy medium when you're betting on baseball. Ian, last couple of things here. Uh, give me your worst bad beat you've ever had. 
oh, my worst bad beat ever, uh, I've ever had. The one that always sticks out, uh, out uh, in my mind because it uh, was my first bad beat of all time. Uh, if you remember, I mentioned at the start of the interview there about how up here in Canada, uh, you have to bet parlays. So when I was uh, in college and I was betting on parlays, every now and then I would do a stupid one where I bet on three hockey games to go into a shootout. Uh, so not just overtime, they go past the overtime and then into shootout. Now, I like those bets because, of course, I was a broke college student you could put two bucks down on it and if it ended up hitting it'd be like 550 bucks or something like that which as you know for a college student that can that can, that can go a long ways on the weekend so i bet on three uh teams to, three games to go into shootout the first two went in a shootout the third game i'll never forget this and this was like 11 12 years ago is the maple leafs against the uh buffalo sabers two teams that we we're already talking about on the show went into overtime and then the Leafs scored with 0.1 second left in overtime to then end the game before it went into shootout so i was 0.1 seconds away from winning like 550 bucks on a two two dollar ticket so that one always sticks out in my mind because that was kind of my first bad beat my true introduction to sports betting that's like just straight pain man oh yeah it killed me, <laughs> it killed me. <laughs> uh, I, i'm not i'm not a bi- as big a sports better as other people but i went to a colts game this year and it was is sitting uh on one of the end zones and i had a same game parlay. It was like Jonathan Taylor over 40 rushing yards. Like he hit that by a mile. Uh, I think it was Zach Pasco or somebody anytime touchdown. Then a T.Y. Hilton anytime touchdown. And I had both to start the game. And I just needed T.Y. to score. And like he's the Colts' biggest deep threat. I was like, oh yeah, we're, we're good. He catches a ball from Phillip Rivers 40 yards downfield and gets tackled at the two because he wasn't running fast enough. Oh. And it was right in front of me. Right in front of me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sometimes you suffer bad beats and you think you're actually cursed. You think that it's not mathematically possible to, to lose a bet in that fashion. But uh, it's happened so many times to me now. I, I, I've start, started to accept the fact it's just part of it. But, man, it's, uh, it's, it, it doesn't make the pain uh, uh, any less every time it happens. That's I, for sure. I know, man. Uh, hey, were you? did you have a part in writing that Portnoy marriage odds thing that Odd Shark tweeted? <laughs> no, uh, no, th- those those are odds given out by uh, the offshore sports book. That's um, Yeah, we 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 kind of uh, at Odd Shark, we kind of deal with uh, Bovada a little bit. So uh, sometimes we like to uh, uh, propose some prop bets that they could put up that we think would make some noise. So uh, uh, usually anything around Portnoy usually gets a little a little bit of engagement. Hey, Addison Ray plus ten thousand. That could be that could be some pretty big value. <laughs> hey, uh, be- I, I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, hey, be- before we go, uh, how can uh, those listening read your stuff, Ian? Yeah, the best way to, to do it is uh, follow me on Twitter. That's kind of where I, I do all my stuff, at Ian MacOS, I-A-I-N-M-A-C-O-S. I also have a sports betting podcast I release uh, once a week called the Bacon Best Podcast, so check that out as well. Ian McMillan, content and social media manager with Odd Shark. Hey, man, appreciate the time and enjoy what's coming up here in the next couple months or so. We're just going to have like endless sports Final Four this weekend. Like I said, playoffs before you know it, and we get right into the baseball season. Absolutely, man. Thanks a lot for having me on. Uh, take care. And yeah, like you mentioned, the Masters next week, too. So it's, uh, it's a about great that. time to be a sports better. Great time. Thanks, Ian. That is Ian McMillan, content and social media manager from Odd Shark. Great to talk to him. He's up in Nova Scotia. I didn't know he was up in Nova Scotia, honestly. I thought that was like, since he's a Leafs fan, he was in like some Toronto suburb or something along those lines. But hey, we got a good grasp of 
really everything in the sports betting world from him. Maybe you guys decided what you want to put your final four bets on for whatever sports book you use or what you're going to do for the Masters or Major League Baseball. Again, I feel like that was just a nice little change-up from everything we've done on the show so far. So, hope you enjoyed that one. Keep in mind, Coach Steve Lavin coming up on Friday for your Final Four special. And we'll also take phone calls, some voicemails on that Final Four special, 317-699-2350. If you want to get in about any Final Four thoughts you may have, baseball season getting going, and anything goes 317-699-2350. 317-699-2350. Again, I want to remind you, the Brendan King Show officially partnering with Friday Beers. This is a huge opportunity for all of us to get the brand, get the podcast out, and have some fun doing it as well. And it gives you guys a chance to get involved too. And you can save 10% on any of your Friday Beers shirt orders. I saw they have the Tom Brady uh, Drunk Parade shirt that says Almost Friday, which is sick. And I will be getting on that train ASAP here when I get out of the studio. But, again, you guys, all you have to do is hit the link in my bio on either Twitter or Instagram. Twitter, at Sports, The Instagram, at BrendanKingShow, B-R-E-N-D-A-N-K-I-N-G, show. And basically, how the shirt thing is going to work, this is going to play a major part into the sponsorship now of course we're locked in we got everything we need we can put the logo on social media it's great um we can access uh, their people anytime we'd like but to help ensure that this happens to the extent that we're envisioning we want to take this as far as possible and again major props to everything that brian todd did it has been his rocket ship that he has led on this marketing effort i just talk and uh he, he's done an unbelievable job but please do us that huge favor hit the link in my bio uh, buy a shirt, buy you know whatever looks cool on there. Everything kind of looks cool, but use the promo code. It's suckdown dash season dash twenty one, s u c k d o w n dash season spelled s z n dash twenty one. You can save ten percent on your order. Get the gear for this summer, guys. You want to be at Raskeller or somewhere downtown, or if you're listening in Chicago along the lakefront. You want to be looking good in that Friday beers gear. So let's continue on episode 17 of the BK show. Iron Eagle has been terrific this March Madness calling games. And, you know, I've always appreciated Iron Eagle, but watching all these games, I've been locked in for 40 minutes every game, especially on the play-by-play. And Iron Eagle just gets it. He just gets it. And I mentioned the Alabama-UCLA game earlier where he had the call of the game-tying three that sent the game to overtime. It was a spectacular call by all accounts, and the guy's a pro's pro. I mean, it's Ian Eagle for crying out loud. He's been around forever. He's done the biggest of games and a great call here. So let's hit BK's big play with Ian Eagle. 0-2. Fastball got him swinging. Milwaukee leaves him loaded. All right, again, Ian Eagle has been on top of the world in the broadcasting industry, and I'm sure calling March Madness by now is just another day at work for him. But he was on the call for that Bama-UCLA game in Hinkle, and like Jim Nance specifically requested to call the Florida-Virginia Tech game to lead off the tournament in Hinkle because I guess he had never been to Butler's campus before, which is a little surprising because uh, he called Butler's 
both the Butler's national championships. But you know, Ian Eagle and you get these great voices in Hinkle that you really wouldn't get because of Fox Sports. You know, you get the Ian Eagles of the world, Kevin Harlan, Jim Nance, Brian Anderson, all these big time play-by-play voices, and he had a unbelievable call to that buzzer beater that forced overtime in the Alabama game. We're going to break it down because we're getting to a point now in sports where crowd noise is officially coming back. And a lot of these announcers who have been calling games from home, that real crowd noise is going to be something that we're going to have to get used to again. And I had the real crowd noise coming in from the rafters of Hinkle. And he played it up perfectly to kind of let it breathe enough, but also... Get the excitement of the call in. Let's hear from I. You had to lay back here and let them catch it. Get it in. Yep. Quinterly. Pass it off. Reese. Oh, yeah! Overtime! In Indy! Alex Reese, the clutch jumper! And we have got bonus basketball in this beautiful month! I wish I could talk like that clearly in normal conversation, but he's on CBS, national TV, just spitting that type of stuff. That was so clean and crisp. Everything about it, every word was crafted to make that call better. Every word was better than the last. He was calm. He was patient. He didn't get ahead of himself. Overtime in Indy in this great month. So simple, so to the point, but sometimes that's what it is. Sometimes you see these guys, whether it's TV or radio, and I'm guilty of this sometimes, you just try and say too much. You try and say too much that your words, your words get jumbled and it just doesn't come across as cleanly as you would like. But for Ryan Eagle there, that was an awesome call. And... um. Working with an analyst there. He let his analyst get the point in first. And here, let's take a look at the first five seconds of this game. You had to lay back here and let them catch it. Get it in. Yep. Quinterly. Pass it off. Reese. Oh, yeah! You see, he didn't necessarily have conversation with the analyst, but he let his analyst get the key point in about the D and what was going on on the floor, and then he took it and ran with it. A lot of times, you want to make the conversation with your analyst, but if your analyst makes the point and you don't have anything else to add to the conversation, you just let it be. You just let it be. And you just go. If your analyst completes the thought, there's no reason to try and go back and forth and banter, especially in that kind of moment where Alabama's getting a shot at the buzzer to try and force OT against UCLA. Great call for Mayan Eagle. And we've been blessed in this NCAA tournament to get these voices back in our own backyard. I mean, you know, I was at the Baylor-Houston game, like I said, and, like, you could see Bill Raftery's white hair from a mile away in the 600 level, but you still knew it was Bill with Grant and Jim. Now, are the repetitive commercials that you see every 2.5 seconds starting to get a little old as the tournament rolls out? It always does. It always does. But you don't mind it in the first two rounds. You don't mind it. You could have your eyes locked on the television all day and probably be able to recite the commercial, but you don't care. And then you get to the Elite Eight and you start to say, yeah, yeah. But this is going to be a great Final Four. going to be a great Final Four.
And it just so happens again on a weekend that features Major League Baseball opening day. The NHL and the NBA are in full season grind. We're getting towards the NFL draft. And, you know, we're going to have a great lineup of guests over the next month or so. David Kaplan from NBC Sports Chicago is going to join us over the next week and a half or so. Cap, and if you don't know him nationally, Cap is the voice of Chicago sports. I mean, the fan voice of Chicago sports that just happens to have a job in media. The guy is the biggest Chicago sports fan. I grew up with him on my TV and radio. He's been the Cubs postgame show host for a very long time. I met him once when I was in high school, got connected now through some mutual Cubs people that we both know. And he's going to come on the pod, which is very nice to cap. And he's going to give us the lowdown and everything we need to know about Loyola Chicago, the Cubs, the Blackhawks, the Bulls, um, you know, and, and even to the national level. The guy can spit it all, and he knows his stuff. Really excited to get Chris Long on the podcast. That's all credit to our friend Brent Kaiserman, who is also known by another alias, but I want to give Brent credit um for getting that and also the future conversation we're going to have with max homa after the masters max is coming on the podcast he is excited to come on the podcast and that just means a lot and we're going to have brent here in studio he's going to come up for many brent and i i'm going to go down to florida to see my parents here and the at the end of april so we're going to have a bit of a hiatus for the pod or not in terms of a live hiatus i'll make sure we have recorded stuff to put out but i'm going to go see my parents take some time off after this crazy month i mean i i was i was talking to a couple people over the last week and uh I've spent more time at MS Communications in the studio here than I have my apartment. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. It's been it's been a wild, great month. Um, the the sleep has been minimal. But hey, what does John Rossi say? Unfortunately, we haven't been able to swing Rossi. I swear to God, I have tried my absolute best to try and get Rossi. I've tried every avenue. I, I've I've asked basically FBI agents to try and get him tracked down for me. But he's a hard man to get, especially in the month of March. Maybe in the fall, it would be easier to get Rothstein. But uh, you know, we're we're gonna have some great guests coming up here, and it's gonna be a great next month or so. Again, uh, we're gonna get Chris Long. We're gonna get David Kaplan. We're gonna get Max Homa. Uh, plenty of baseball content coming your way as well. Um, try and get with. A lot of guys here in the Cubs organization, and I know a couple guys that are in the Pirates organization um, that are going to be in Indy this year with the Indians, so you're going to get a great grasp of uh, just a diverse set of sports personalities that are going to be on this podcast, whether that's, you know, again, athletes, coaches, broadcasters, comedians, uh, just a wide list, and uh, I'm really excited for it. I've kind of gotten to a point now where this is like, this is really fun. This is really just comforting to do. And uh, I want to say this before I sign off and uh, we say goodbye for at least today. Again, back with Steve Lavin on Friday. I get nervous now. I get nervous now more for formal speaking events that are non-broadcasting than I do when I'm in the booth or on the mic. My, As you guys know, my grandfather passed away in January. January 8th, and um, unfortunately, due to Illinois COVID restrictions, we have not been able to have a memorial service for him, because Illinois is one of the two states that is still completely locked down. I can't even get my driver's license renewed. 
DMVs in Illinois are closed. My driver's license has been expired since November, but Illinois licenses are good until July. So, but now, thankfully, Illinois is allowing us, and they're even allowing us to have 60 people in a church, which is a, a very, very, we're very appreciative of them doing that. But we're going to have a memorial service for my grandpa, and I've been asked by my family to go up on the church stage and say a couple of things. <laughs> and, like, I already, I did that on the radio show the night of his passing. I hosted sports talk, because I was supposed to host, and then unfortunately passed and um, still wanted to make sure I did the show but that (laughs) for some reason talking in front of potentially a million people over a mic across the state of Indiana I'm going to be more nervous for talking to a group of 60 of my family members in a church I don't know what it is but uh, just just speaking in front of people and like you know being nervous is why I could still do it but speaking in front of people is, is completely another thing uh, when it's something serious like that. So I think I'm going to actually pre- have to prepare more for that than I will like doing a normal podcast. Podcast, You guys know how seriously I take preparation for broadcasting. So like the preparation for talking in front of 60 of my family members and friends is... <laughs> It's going to be some serious stuff, but um, that is what I'm going to be doing as well later this month. That is the weekend of April 16th, and I'm going to pop down, and uh, we're going to head. To, we're all going to head down to Florida. But uh, the reason why I mentioned Brent is that we're going to be scheming up a little bit down in Florida. We're going to hit a uh, Florida Panthers game because the Florida Panthers are tied for the uh, Eastern Conference lead in points. By the way. Put some respect on their name, everybody. So we're going to get to a Panthers game. We're going to game plan the rest of the summer, and then we'll be right back uh, with more stuff heading into the month of May. And uh, month of May is going to be busy here because of the Indianapolis 500 as well. So we're going to get all kinds of personalities. I'm really excited for what's about to come on the podcast. And again, hope you can join us and hope you can help us along with the Friday Beers collaboration. Hit the link in my Twitter and Instagram bio on Twitter at Sports, Instagram at Brendan King Show, B-R-E-N-D-A-N-K-I-N-G Show. Hit the link in the bio, buy some merch, 10% off with the code uh, SUCKDOWN-SEASON, S-Z-N-21. You can also call into the podcast. We'll take voicemails in Coach Lav's episode. That drops on Friday, 317-699-2350. Enjoy the next couple days. Happy opening day, everybody. It is one of the best days of the year. We get Cubs baseball against the Pirates at 220 from Wrigley here on Thursday. I cannot wait. And again, Coach Lavin is going to be one of my favorite interviews that I have dropped on this podcast so far. He's insightful, he's witty, and he's got one of the best suit games you'll ever see in your entire life. I need to ask him what his favorite pinstripe suit is. That's the big question of episode 18 of the BK Show. Talk to you then.